0: the whole professional football
2: Canton Ohio hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan I'm your host Travis May and if you're joining us for the first time College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame whole journey from being a college recruit prospect in the NFL you know whole NFL journey all the way when they're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we always talk about some fantasy football, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And last week, I wrote down 10 NFL and 10 college players with some hype that we can believe in. And this week, I, with the help of my special guests, will be taking the first sneak peek at the 2021 NFL Draft, drafting our favorite NFL prospects, and of course, talking a little bit about the craziness that is this staggered college football season and, and player all these players opting back in and everything going on right now with basically all of the FBS now being back in play. So tons to talk about. Uh, on the college side of things this week. But before we dive in, I should probably introduce my awesome guests. You may remember them both from the first few episodes of the show and the NFL University series. Both of them are fellow contributors at RotoViz and hosts of the RotoBiz College Football Show. Ladies and gents, Stéphane LeCo and Matt Wispay. They're at Stéphane LeCo and Wispy the Kid on Twitter. Thanks for joining me, guys
3: yeah thanks for having us. I mean, for complete transparency, everyone recording this on a Friday night when they just announced that the Mac was returning. so yeah, the M-action is back, and uh <laughs> I am super excited right now,
2: yeah, I, I think it's it's basically the, th- the three people that care about uh, I guess three out of four people that actually care about Maction are on this podcast, so that's that's great, <laughs> <Right. laughs> but uh. But yes, Stefan. Uh, you know you've got uh, the, the RotoViz College Football Show, and you're also doing some ro- weekly stuff over at RotoViz, right?
1: Yep, I've got my uh, NFL fantasy football column that comes out for streaming kickers. Which yes, I write about kickers. Laugh all you'd like. <laughs> uh, it does matter though, some, some somewhat. And then I've been doing some uh, some random articles for the Blitz. So I just wrote about Hunter Henry um, and just like how emergence of Justin Herbert as you know coming out and just looking really good and just what he did at Oregon. Uh, how he can really benefit uh, Hunter Henry in the tight end position in the NFL. So nice. I wrote that one this week. So yeah, fun stuff going on there. Uh, I'm not near as busy with the writing as you two
3: fellas, though.
2: Nice, nice. Well, Matt, I see, I've see. i seen your weekly stuff as well. What what have you got going on for Is right now?
3: So I'm writing a, a weekly series where I'm previewing some of the better Debbie spots to watch games over the weekend. So I'm typically I'll go through and highlight one or two players out of probably three or four games per conference. And then at the very end of it, because I mean, we all we're all a little bit degenerates in this world. Uh, I make a weekly pick that I feel the most confident in. Sure. And so far in the series going in, I'm three and zero on the in my column picks this one, which better than the four and three. I'm on the show on the podcast, but three and oh. So keep hammering those picks.
2: OK, apparently Matt uh, is the genius when it comes to uh, sports betting, apparently. So I uh, have to tune into unders. that this week. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- yeah, th- this is going to be the week you missed, too, I'm sure. But uh, I-, I appreciate you guys both hopping on and joining me. It's it's always fun just to get together and talk talk college, talk NFL with... You know, two of my favorite people at Rotoviz and some great uh, college and prospect a- analysts uh, with that. But uh, just diving into it, we are going to get to the 2021 NFL Draft Rookie Big Board 1.0 or Rookie Mock Draft 1.0. We'll probably do this on the show a couple more times, even before the college football season ends. We are going to basically pick our top NFL draft prospects that we believe are going to be going uh, pretty early in Dynasty rookie drafts next year to give you guys an idea of some of the top fantasy football contributors that will be in the NFL here very soon. But before we do that, just want to talk about the craziness that is this college football season and, and how it's going to affect how you guys take a look at all these prospects in the coming months uh, and really, in next couple of years, with the ripple effects that are going to happen with this strange season. So, I mean, we got Rondell Moore opting back in, Rashad Bateman kind of in the works coming back, and some other players coming back. Even on the defensive side, players are, are trying to opt back into the season. And but even so, we're going to have all these staggered schedules. We've got like the SEC with a full twelve weeks, and then we got Pac tw- Pac twelve with only seven, and then we got the MAC coming back with six. And then we've got, you know, it's just it's it's hard to really quantify the the true impact that is going to be this weird schedule. So, what are you guys doing, like, and how do you think this really affects some of these guys opting back in, uh, even just like how how you measure the impact of you know their production profiles? Stefan, how about you go first on this question, like, what are you doing, and what do you think this this means for you know even just. The 2021 NFL draft and and some of these big name prospects we're going to get to here shortly.
1: Starting off, the thing I'm most excited about is that we are not going to have to figure out how to adjust like our age that someone was drafted and entering the NFL because I felt like if all these teams uh, weren't playing this year and players decided they wanted to come back and try to increase their draft capital, maybe they have to stick around an extra year and that could just ruin a lot of our models that we use over at yeah. RotoBiz. So yeah. I'm thankful for that. But mo- mostly, I think, and, and Matt and I, Spent some time discussing this on our podcast. Is I think it'll give the opportunity for some of these guys that we were hoping would make the jump. Uh, a guy like, I mean, I won't steal Matt's names, of course, but, but some of these guys, <laughs> some of these guys that we're hoping can can take a step to that next level who, you know, they're, they're not the Jamar Chase and the Batemans of the world, but players that we kind of have our eye on and we're expecting that to take place. Now they're going to have the opportunity to showcase their skills and their talents. I was like, for the Pac-12 coming back, I'm super happy for Verdell because I think he's a name that kind of would have gotten forgotten. And he probably would have gotten pushed back to the end of the draft. And he still might not be a day two guy, but man, if he balls out and he can, if Oregon's able to play those seven games and he can put on a show, like maybe he has a chance of being a, t- a day two guy now. So uh, for me, it, it gives me the opportunity to uh, to bake some upside into some of these players that we get to watch now.
2: Yeah, I think it just some reassurance in, in who these players really are. I mean, I, I, with Rondale Moore, I'm a Boilermaker. It's really huge, I think, for him to really come back and get an, another opportunity to to beef up his resume. Yes, 2,200 yards as a true freshman all-purpose. That is, I mean, winning the Paul Hornung Award, huge, huge freshman season, but really only having three full games, really impressive games, and then getting hurt in the fourth game last year. You know, it would have been 18 to 20 months of time and we in between like his last game and when he got drafted so huge for him to get that chance really and I'm, I'm curious to see who where he goes in this draft if he, if he is going to be a first round pick in our mock draft today but uh, Matt what about you how, how does this weird football schedule this staggered mess <laughs> uh, and players opting back in uh, what's that meaning to you as far as NFL prospect analysis
3: so I think this is the year we're kind of like the market share people and the yards per uh, team pass attempt and all those types of stats where are kind of based on does the coach see you as a guy that has to get the ball in his hands those types of stats are going to matter more I think raw stats for 2020 can essentially be thrown out and so what that does is it means guys who are the ball hogs who are going to get 10 targets a game are going to have this increased value. And so what that's going to be kind of interesting to see is that you're going to end up comparing a guy like the guy that he didn't want to steal from me as Amon Ross St. Brown. So he's a guy that I think stands out as a, could be the alpha on a pretty decent offense. And if all of a sudden they didn't play this year, it was going to really hurt his stock because he was talking, you were looking at two seasons of like 20% market share. So not having a true breakout year, really not being considered among the top five in his class there was a chance that he was the kind of guy that was going to have to go back for a senior year. And now he'll have that chance. At least he can put some good tape together. And then really the craziest part to this is like draft capital is going to matter even more than ever, because we're going to have to rely a little bit more on what the value is. The NFL is putting into these players and while usually we love looking for those like day three sleepers that are really trying to break out and we'll still find some of those because draft capital is really saying like, where are they putting their investments into these guys? That's one of our, probably our biggest things, one of the biggest factors that has to go into these evals. So yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I'm I'm just happy we aren't going to come to a point where it's going to be like, well, how good did uh, Rondell run, Moore run his 40? Because if he <laughs> ran a four, four or five, he's dead to me. Now I don't really care.
2: Yeah, I think there's there's going to be a lot more questions answered, but it's going to be weird if guys like Amon Ross St. Brown or somebody else in the Pac 12, you know, and, and just a small seven game sample just happens to, you know, in a normal full 12 games, like if you have like one blow up monster mashup, you know, basically all your, your team's receiving production, you know, that can kind of get cleaned up, smoothed out over, you know, the course of 12 games. But you have one guy that has that smash week, like 180 receiving yards and 10 catches and two touchdowns, three touchdowns touchdowns, you know, something like that, that really is going to mess with, you know, the adjusted, you know, all the adjusted yards per team passage numbers, the dominator rating, any kind of production metric is going to be really goofy. I mean, like, think about like, what the, the Mac guys playing six games, like if you have one good game, that, that can make you look like you have, you, you know, you're an incredible stud playmaker, just because, you know, you didn't have this full slate of 12 games for that to really kind of smooth out your production profile. So, I want to see what that's going to actually look like at the end of all this with with Mountain West guys. Like, I wonder if there are even more of those day three guys that we think he had a 45% dominator and a 98% yards per team pass attempt clip and all this other nonsense because it's just in this tiny sample size. They're, they're going to get to six, seven, eight games if they don't have any you know, hiccups where their team has <laughs> right. to cancel a game if they don't have, you know, no, more wildfires in the Pac-12 that shut down three weeks for all California and Oregon games. Like, it's going to be so odd, like really don't waiting. Kill my vibe. Say what? I said, don't kill my vibe. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm I don't want here. to put that stuff out there in the world just to just, <laughs> because it might just mm-hmm. happen. So, scratch that it's everything's going to go perfect and we're all going to get a full rest of the college football season. That's it's settled, but it it, it is going to change some things.
1: One of the, one of the super weird things, like I live in Colorado and I'm like 25 minutes from Boulder and Boulder County, like kids between the eight, between 18 and 22 are not allowed to congregate. So like for another two weeks, there's not going to be football practice at CU. So like, I'm curious, like, if USC or whomever, and maybe by the time people listen to this, the schedule is out. But as of right now, like, I don't know who CU's playing first, but like, man, I'm hoping Oregon is because we're going to put up just crazy numbers <laughs> against a team that hasn't been able to practice at all. And it's going to be, uh it's going to be weird. There's going to be, like you said, some of those weird outlier games that we're not going to know what to do with. But, but man, I am happy we get to watch them. Like it's, I'm glad it's back. Who knows if it's the right choice health wise. Yeah. It seems like teams are doing pretty well. There's been a lot of postponements and stuff like that, but Uh, Selfishly, I'm excited to see some football, Uh, especially like being able to watch Oregon. It's going to be a beautiful thing.
2: Well, before we dive in and and draft the 2021 NFL draft rookie big board 1.0, just a quick word from our RotoViz family.
0: What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting RotoViz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show.
2: All right, we're back. And real quick, before we dive into the draft, I've been doing this man of the hour segment, and, and this name might be a little deep for, for some people that aren't paying attention to ACC football or are watching the mess that is Pittsburgh football. Uh Jordan Addison is, is a wide receiver for Pitt right now, and he's actually a true freshman, actually was recruited as a safety a- slash athlete slash wide receiver and uh, you know he he kind of went below the radar in terms of you know us nerds that like to talk about Debbie and talk about college prospects and wide receivers and things because he was that athlete designation and was supposed to be a safety after he was actually brought in but they realized you know what this kid is the best best athlete on our team and he can catch the ball uh we should probably get him the ball as many times as we can and so far through two games he has 14 catches and a touchdown. And he's just a true freshman. He was a top 200 recruit. Ha- runs a four five forty verified, and it looks like to be a legit NFL athlete. He doesn't have like super great average depth of target numbers. They've been using him like on uh, little jet sweeps and uh, s- screens and stuff. But against Louisville, we're actually recording before the, the Saturday slate of games this week Uh, because I have to be out of town, sadly, during a lot of those games. So maybe by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, Jordan Addison's dropped 100-plus receiving yards or more on Louisville, because Louisville's pass defense is trash. But Jordan Addison really could just absolutely destroy in all of the adjusted production metrics if he continues with this clip in terms of the overall team receptions. So... As a true freshman, he looks like a true breakout candidate who is getting carries, who's getting all the touches they can possibly fathom. He's averaging nine touches per game already. To, to be doing that is, is insane. He may not do that as much now that uh, Tassir Mack is returning, but remember the name Jordan Addison, Pittsburgh wide receiver. He could be a name that gets ranked here soon on uh, many Debbie draft boards. You guys have any comments on, on Jordan Addison?
3: So if you've listened to the road of his college football show, we we've, we've had a couple of discussions about the Pittsburgh offense where uh, Stefan tries to tell everyone that uh, Kenny Pickett is worth watching. And I is tell you truth? not to watch. I, I tell everyone not to even watch their offense because their defense is the only thing worth turning on the TV for, but Jordan Addison appears to be kind of the real deal. He, uh while he was ranked as a only a top 300 overall player by the 247 Composite, 247 themselves had him as the number 4 overall athlete and number 131 overall. That 4.51 speed is very real and it as we we talk about on the show, it's just nice to see true freshmen getting utilized early because it's not frequent. You aren't constantly seeing freshmen at Power 5 programs getting the ball a lot early. So, happy to see it. He will he will be a guy that at some point during the year, I tell you as a player to watch.
2: So, Stefan, you like Kenny Pickett? Do you think Kenny Pickett can really amp up his production profile to where you know he's super interesting by, let's say, November?
3: <laughs>
1: let me let me be clear. <laughs> Uh, when we do this, uh, when we do this mock draft, I will not be picking Mr. Pickett. Uh, you do have the one a, at
3: one.
1: <laughs> that's true, but he is he is a senior quarterback. He's been in the system his entire career, and he hasn't been terrible. He has about a sixty one percent completion rate on his career, but like this year, it's up to seventy percent. So he seems to be getting better every year. Um, Last year, he threw for over 3,000 yards. So like the the type of offense that they play maybe won't utilize his skill set like a place like Clemson could. But I think Pickett is a decent enough quarterback that he can at least provide opportunity Nice. for Addison to to make a splash and and we'll have to see what happens in the future but I think he's good enough to showcase a dominant receiver even though he is just a freshman
2: yeah and he, last year he was kind of funneling all the targets I think uh, what was that Maurice French he had like almost 90 receptions last year so I if Addison steps in as a true freshman and does something like that we're all going to be turning our heads looking in that direction but let's kick it off without further ado the NFL draft rookie mock draft 1.0. Stefan, who are you going to take first pick? Again, folks, this is not a uh, big board overall. Like including all defensive players and offensive linemen, this is just for fantasy football purposes. Imagine you can start up to two quarterbacks, so you know we might see some quarterbacks going earlier than you might in one quarterback leagues. Stephon, who's gonna be the first overall pick?
1: Well, I like that I got the first pick because it just kind of is under the assumption that I had the worst record in, in this league. And, and that's probably appropriate. Um so so that's good. Um but with the 101 in a super flex or two quarterback league, um, this is actually this might surprise Matt because I, I give him a bunch of a bunch of shit. But I I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. That part won't surprise him. The part that will surprise him is that it was hard for me to come up with this decision. Like when you told us we were going to be doing this, I was really wrestling between Fields and Lawrence. Just the way the NFL is moving towards more mobile passing uh, quarterbacks, Fields really does give you that opportunity to, to pick up some of those uh, rushing yards. Lawrence is very athletic himself. He can run the ball. But but so far this year, while he does have a cu- couple of rushing touchdowns, uh, he, he's not really racking up yards. But Trevor Lawrence is one of the best pure passers in the game right now. And I might even include that in the NFL with the quarterbacks there. He looks ready. Um, The only frightening thing for me would be like if the Jets end up with the first overall pick (laughs) in the NFL and Adam Gase is still there. Then then maybe I'm like, maybe Lawrence can't even survive survive, Gase.
2: I don't think anybody um, can. But I,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, but I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's super super good. People uh, who've been listening to the show for a long time might remember the days when he was a freshman, and I was trying to tell everyone that they shouldn't start him right away. Um, I was wrong, and I, I, I can admit that. <laughs> uh, Lawrence is amazing. I, I really love him. I don't know if we have to go into too much more. I think no. everyone knows what uh, what he brings.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you you know when you're on the stage that Trevor Lawrence is, and you come in and basically get you know a perfect recruiting ra- ranking, basically the best. Recruit of all time ever in, in college football history. I mean, that's just who he was. That's who he was from day one. Uh, yes, he kind of struggled for like a hot second in early 2019, uh, but really that that's the only time he's ever ever struggled uh, to to do what he's already done throwing 70 touchdowns to 12 picks career. And right now, if he does like <laughs> keep this pace, right now he's 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 got like over 16 adjusted yards per pass attempt, which would be an all time record. For any quarterback in college football history, so but at this
3: point that that record breaks, like yeah, for it yes, does. That it, would be, but that record has been breaking <laughs> year over year over yeah. year. Like it was Baker had it, then Kyler broke it. Now Trevor's got to break it. I I think he's I think he's amazing. That record is hilarious now because it does break it does every like Every year single year. TV. But you know, more um, and
2: more the guys that are getting picked early in the draft have at least one season of uh it's I think it's nine or nine and a half adjusted yards per attempt. Like basically every first rounder in the past three three years has had at least one of those, except for Josh Allen, because he was trash in college. Kind of like with everything else we do, it's like a threshold thing. Like I don't care. Like he could have twenty adjusted yards per attempt and it <laughs> wouldn't really beef up his stock anymore but this does give yeah. you an opportunity now matt to take your guy uh, at pick two so uh to the surprise of absolutely no one who's your pick
3: so i'm taking justin fields because justin fields is the 101 <laughs> so i it's i honestly think with fields and lawrence so you talked about how trevor lawrence was like the highest rated recruit of all time well 24 7 sports had fields higher than him so yeah. in their site rankings fields was higher that's how high they see him and i think my logic behind picking Fields over Lawrence's. I really think what you're looking at right now is a slightly more athletic or a slightly more accurate Lamar Jackson in Justin Fields. And I think in Trevor Lawrence, you're getting sort of a Pat Mahomes type. He's mobile. He can run, but that's not his primary weapon, but he's able to move around enough just to make him terrifying with his arm strength. So I think then it becomes a choice of preference. I'm always going to love the guys that can add extra value with their legs. So for Fields, you very well might get a thousand yard rushing season. Whereas with Lawrence, I think you're probably going to top out in that you're going to get like a 400 yard season at some point where he picks up quite a few touchdowns with his legs. But he's not going to ever be that true dual threat, really tearing apart NFL defenses with his legs in the same way that Fields will. And that's that's where I tend to lean my preference, just because in a lot of leagues, you still get a little extra weight for catching those rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. so. Give me all of that.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where his value is super intriguing, especially in today's NFL. And, I mean, you said it. You said it, it Stefan. It was tough for you to make that decision. I think it's really, depending on the situation where they land, it really could come down to, well, is he stuck with Adam Gase or stuck with a bad offensive situation that, that gives the edge to one or the other? Because I think it could be either or. I actually, this summer, I actually did take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence because I don't think we've seen the ceiling of Justin Fields just yet. I think we're, he, he still hasn't, you know, really filled out his resume. You know, he, he doesn't have because of the, the situation where he came into Georgia, didn't even really play. He had like junk time stats behind Jake Fromm and then moved on and, and so we really only have one full season of just incredible quarter, quarterback play like you know over 10 to 1 like 12 to 1 13 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio just an absolute field general that generally makes all the right calls and yes he threw that pick in in the college football playoff and yes that was actually Chris Olave's fault so so I think people you know they they remember that play cuz everyone who hasn't even really watched college football watched that game and so they, they kind of get, you know, some idea in their mind that, that Fields is is not as good as Trevor Lawrence, but I think his ceiling is actually higher. A- any thoughts Fields. on Fields for you uh, uh, more than we've already said? So Fields threw two picks in that game. Which those was like two out of the three on the season, and, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, those were his second and third picks of the year. And one of them was undeniably not his fault. So, yeah. I mean, if you if you go, ever get bored and play around with a college football reference screener, and look up players who had 40 passing touchdowns, three or fewer picks, you get a list of one name, and that mm-hmm. name is Justin Fields.
1: Who do you think gets drafted in the NFL draft first? Who do you think the 101? Trevor because You think Lawrence will go and then probably Pene Sewell and then maybe Fields third, something
2: like that?
3: Well, when the Bengals are last, they probably won't take Lawrence one, but they'll (laughs) take somebody.
2: Yeah, probably going to be Lawrence. Okay, I'm up with pick number three. Might be surprised to some uh, if if you think that uh, Jamar Chase is going to be the guy or if you like another running back. But Travis Etienne just checks every single box in my mind when it comes to an NFL prospect. He's got the elite top-end speed. He answered any questions about his receiving ability last year. Actually, coasting past 10% receiving yard market share, had over 400 receiving yards uh, showed he could be a feature back in that regard, but then dominating in on inside runs and outside runs and being top five in virtually every other, other category, including the ability to add yards after contact. He wasn't really, that wasn't his strong suit as, as a true freshman. He was more of a sprinter, but he's, he showed some contact balance in a way that got him in the, inside the top five in college football and yards after contact per attempt for you know, looking at players that actually have a large enough sample size, like over eighty carries, so he's basically top five in every measurable category you could even talk about. And now he's going to you know rack up a- another crazy stat line and-, and really only play in the first half of most games this year for Clemson. Uh, so it- it's just unreal what Travis Etienne's already been able to do, and he's going to check every physical box as well when he gets to the combine next spring. So I have no questions when it comes to Travis Etienne's profile. I think he's going to be. You know, we've been seeing these running backs and even the first running back off the board going later in the first. I think we're going to get back to what we saw in 2017 with ETN being a top 10 NFL draft pick next spring, which makes it hands down. He's the 1.01 in one quarterback leagues and hands down the 1.03 in uh, Superflex in two quarterback leagues. What are, what are you guys thoughts on, on ETN? And and, and, am I wrong or (laughs) does that that sound about right?
3: I have to admit that I I was fully expecting you to take Chase after uh, when we came on when I came on the podcast over the summer. You you could not stop raving about how amazing Jamar Chase was and how he deserved to be a top whatever five pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think that's also true. Uh, And honestly, I'm not sure I can disagree with you here because as much as I I probably would pull the trigger on Chase myself here, I will say that if you want a guy who has the potential to break off an 80-yard touchdown, Travis Etienne is your guy. And there is nothing better than having your running back on your fantasy team break an 80-yard touchdown run. And Etienne is that guy. And if you want, I mean, he's the explosive play guy. So can't blame you. I think it
1: also kind of just goes down to your personal philosophy of of what you're looking for, for your early round pick. Some people like, I mean, if we're in dynasty league, some people want that the safety of a receiver because they have a longer shelf life. But um, as far as like instant impact, man, I can't imagine that, that he's going to be, that Etienne's going to be sitting behind anyone. Like he's the type of guy who you kind of assume and whoever drafts him is going to be using him right away. And uh, I mean, that can always change. Uh, but I mean, I would expect him to end up in a situation where he's able to produce right away, in which case, uh, yeah, you're getting instant, instant bang for your buck. For sure. I, I
2: just, I mean, I've been up and down on ETN, but the more I dig into it, I, there's like almost nothing not to like and and where the value is in terms of most of my dynasty leagues these days and where we see average draft position data, like everybody wants that RB1 in a class, like people flip to their crap over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, This year, when even though he was like the RB five before he actually got drafted to the Chiefs, you know, people were clamoring for him. So I think unless something happens super weird with his situation, ETN is probably going to be my number one uh, rookie as far as running backs and wide receivers, tight ends. Go, but uh, Stefan, back to you at pick four. So far, we got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Travis Etienne—pretty chalky in my mind so far. Are you going to keep it pretty chalky? You're going to you're going to throw us a curveball here.
1: As much as I like to be a contrarian, how can you pass up? jamar chase at this point in the draft uh the guy is just an incredible incredible specimen I mean, he hauled in 20 touchdowns last year like that and i know burrow threw a ton of touchdowns but that is just insane um he put up close to two thousand yards like he was at 17 almost 1800 yards last year i don't remember the number off the top of my head but just absolutely insane he can catch anything he's not huge like he's like six foot something or just up like right around six foot but he plays really, really big. He's got good route running skills. He's maybe quicker than fast. Like, I don't know if he has a super elite top end speed, but he, he uses his quickness to uh, to get open on routes. And once he has the ball in his hands, he's just a menace. So um, Jamar Chase is, you know, I think he's everyone's wide receiver one. And I, I think he's going to have just absolutely insane draft capital. I can't imagine uh, him going outside of the top six seven maybe depending on how the draft unrolls but uh, to me chase is just a slam dunk right here and uh, man if, if i would get him at 104 i'd be i'd be pretty happy
2: i mean and, and getting somebody like chase at four makes it feel like this stat this this class next year's already super super deep and any thoughts from, from you matt on, on chase more than what's already been been said
3: he's really interesting because i mean both you and i going into last year would have said that Justin Jefferson looked like he had a better pro profile than uh, Jamar Chase because he was the one they used. And as a freshman, they really didn't use Chase all that much. And he was pretty clearly the secondary option. And then for as amazing as his season was last year, I I still would say Justin Jefferson was, if he wasn't equal, he was like only a half step behind him. I can understand how someone might have a tiny bit of pause if they're looking at production. However, I'm going to tell you right now, that was the greatest passing attack we've ever seen in college football history. And I don't care. I want a piece of it. So yeah, Jamar Chase all day. I'm actually, I'm mad at you because you didn't take who I thought you were going to take. And I thought Chase is going to fall to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice. Well, we'll see who, who that is. I, but yeah, I, I do like Chase. I think he has just about a perfect profile. In, any way you want to slice it slice it from a film standpoint, production standpoint, I do think he is going to have a above average uh, athletic profile, you know, like, And I think a lot of people had, you know, Judy and CeeDee Lamb as, you know, their wide receiver one or in that conversation this past year. And they didn't have a a perfect combine for performance. As long as there aren't red flags raised next year with uh, Chase's profile, I think that he's he's answered every kind of question you could ever have with him. I mean, like catching a touchdown on like 20, uh, you know, every basically one out of of every four receptions for him was a touchdown Uh, and his catch percentage on his average depth of target, like being almost nine yards was still above average. Like when you look at you know, the full body of all the best college football players last year, and he was like top one or two percent in, in yak per target as well. And we've seen that you know NFL draft and NFL people love yak kind of players. So I think you know when when you look at it from any angle, I mean any any aspect of his, his adjusted production index, whether it's his dominator rating, touchdowns per team pass attempt, yards per team pass attempt altogether, he's like w- looking at basically every NFL drafted receiver since two thousand five. He's like an 82nd percentile uh, production profile kind of player, uh, which is better than Justin Jefferson. So there's just again, I just don't have any questions when it comes to Chase. I think we've, we've got all the guys in this class already out of the way that I just have no questions on They're Basically these four, if I would I would probably go ahead and bet that all four of these guys are gonna to be top ten NFL draft picks next spring. And I don't think it matters that Chase isn't gonna be like, you know, opting back in even though the SEC is playing. I just think it doesn't matter at this point. Chase is just a monster. But over to you at pick five, Matt. Uh who are you gonna go uh with uh with right here? I, I cause I, I don't even know who I would go with.
3: So I'm I'm somewhat trying to decide whether or not I'm gonna troll you with this pick. Um <laughs> <laughs> Troll, me? Oh man. Yeah, because there's a guy here that I know you're in love with. Hey, I I don't my my board. Go with your board. Go with your board. My my board has Rashad Bateman as the next pick. I think he is my wide receiver two in this class. Rashad Bateman actually has the film scouts. The NFL Draft Scouts love him. And Bateman also put up a pretty solid market share with him. He had a 37% market share of yards and a 35% uh, touchdown. So a 36% dominator, despite playing with a guy that was such a volume guy in Tyler Johnson, 12 over 1200 yards, receiving 11 touchdowns and averaged over 20 yards per reception. That looks like the type of guy that NFL guys are going to be infatuated with. And he really does have good enough size that no one will have any questions. So 6'2", 210. I will take that all day at the 105. Absolutely.
2: I, it'll be interesting to see if he does successfully opt back in. I think it's a little bit different than Rondell Moore because I think he he did already have an agent. So it's going to be a little bit more complex if if Minnesota is you know, trying to pull the strings to to make it happen to where he can play again. But what are your thoughts, uh, Stefan?
1: Firstly, just to what you just said, if they don't let him back in, like shame on them. Like absolutely, we deserve like he deserves it, and we will all benefit from being able to watch him play. I really enjoyed Minnesota last year. I mean, what a fun, fun school to. It uh, kind of came out of maybe not for you guys, but I, I wasn't expecting Tanner Morgan to lead them to uh, to anything, um, but they were ended up being a lot of fun, and I'm curious to see what he does this year as the main man um on campus and I know they've got some other good receivers there too uh, but but i'm excited to see what he can do now that he's going to be uh receiving most of the attention didn't think he would go necessarily this early i thought maybe he would be wide receiver three uh but uh but i can't argue with the pick i mean it's he, he's such a talented player.
2: it is interesting what that scheme does for the wide receivers and i wonder if that's part of it with with Tyler Johnson breaking out early like he did that that scheme is just so simple really that does wonders for the quarterback does wonders for the wide receivers it's slants it's double moves. It's a bunch of like kind of quick read, you know, one two, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Uh, but Bateman just does it really well. Last year, he was top fifteen in routes run for both sl- the slant and for double moves like sluggo and out and out and up and uh, everything like that. He he does run other routes really well, but I think the offense. And really the market share opportunity that's there in this year to succeed at just a ridiculous level now that Tyler Johnson's gone, he can really, if he does out back in, he has, he has a, a shot to creep up into the top 15 picks of the NFL draft himself. But uh, yeah, that's can't knock him there. He even has a more complete production profile uh, than Chase does when, when you scale it for the, the ridiculous volume that L- LSU saw. So Bateman can't really knock him, knock that pick right here. All right, so I'm up at pick six. I'm actually going to be a homer here a little bit, but I think it's also the right pick. I'm going to go with Rondale Moore of Purdue. He, he opts back in, made the announcement this past week. He will be playing again, has a huge opportunity. This year to just absolutely go off again, you know, as the 2020 uh, 2200 yard season already on his resume, I think he's going to dominate the quarterback situation is going to be a little bit weird for Purdue because they have a true freshman. That's a four star. They've got a couple guys who are kind of proven, but have no pedigree whatsoever and have been absolutely mediocre. So uh, I'm not sure that there's going to have they're going to have much offensive continuity in terms of quarterback play. Uh, but, I think it won't matter because even as a true freshman, they just schemed him open uh found ways to get him the ball, and that's that's really what you got to do with your best playmakers in in football, you know that uh you know can run a four three and bench small cars and and just do ridiculous things that normal humans cannot do. So Rondell Moore already has about a 60th percentile adjusted production index now, but he could really top it off this year, even with David Bell there, because Bryson Hopkins is gone. So there's still more market share available there for the Boilermakers. So did I make a stupid Homer pick, or is that about right around pick six?
3: I, I was, that was the guy I was going to take if I didn't take Bateman. Um, <laughs> if He's actually the one guy that I'm thrilled is opting back in because... I was dropping him to wide receiver five in this class. I was very worried about him because of what you talked about, the 18 to 22 month layoff of not seeing him in his great as that freshman year was. I mean, other than that one game that for some reason can't find on the internet, it doesn't exist against Ohio State. I don't know what happened to it. In um, yeah,
2: 2018, uh, like, are, you still, are you over that just yet or no?
3: I still never have seen it, to be, to be completely <laughs> honest. Never saw that game. I had a major power outage and my phone died during that game. I could not watch that game so it didn't happen. Um but I mean he was the guy I was considering. I think his profile is is really impressive and honestly his athleticism is going to be right up there with anybody in the draft.
2: Absolutely. So I don't think there's going to be any questions there. Stefan, any word on uh, Rondale before? Word from our uh, sponsors here?
1: But I think of all the players that could in- increase their their draft stock at the combine. I think he's one of those guys that will be able to do that. Even if he does, does not have as productive of a season, like statistically, just because of like some of the stuff that you were saying, I think any questions that people have about him, he'll, he'll answer at the combine should he decide to participate. But I don't think that was a Homer pick. I think that's the pick I would have made there too. Well, no, I'm happy my guy's on the board for for my next pick actually. But <laughs> nice. if I was taking another receiver, he would have been my next receiver.
2: Nice. Well, hey, he's I, I appreciate have like 30 bench reps. It. Yeah, and just just so listeners know, if you aren't uh, familiar with the Rondell game, Rondell Moore single handedly just annihilated Ohio State back in 2018, and I just had to rub it in Matt's face. Uh, even though it happened like two years ago, I don't care. <laughs> but uh, well, he, he's, he's claiming, Fine. yeah, he's Fine. claiming it didn't happen. But uh, to recap the first half of the first round, we've got Trevor Lawrence to Stefan Justin Fields to Matt, Travis Etienne to me, Jamar Chase to Stefan rashad bateman to matt and ronaldale moore to me but before we go down the back half of the first round just a word from our sponsors visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities whether they're our corner stores our coffee spots or our favorite shops local businesses have always been there for us they remember our orders they call us by name always giving back making a difference and going that extra mile to support us and our community and right now more than ever. Local businesses need our support, so now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you wanna be. Official partner of the NFL. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right. So, Stefan, you are up on the clock 1.07, pick seven in the NFL draft rookie mock 1.0. Who are you going to be taking here?
1: This one's pretty easy right now. Um, I won't lie. I might get nervous if we were like, I, it might change throughout the year uh, for me. But right now, it's Chuba Hubbard, Oklahoma State running back. Uh, we were talking about how important the running back position is for fantasy earlier. And uh, to me, he's a guy that can do it all. Uh, he had a, like a, almost a 9% target share last season at Oklahoma state. And that's even with, you know, like, like Tylen Wallace and others there. So he, uh, he, he can add points in like a, any sort of PPR format. He's going to be um, an asset, not someone who necessarily needs to be taken out on third down. So I really like him. He had uh, just under 2,100 yards rushing last year, uh, 21 total touchdowns. I really like Shuba Hubbard. Matt's been on Shuba Hubbard since his freshman year. So we've been, we, we've been watching him, Uh, for for quite some time so seeing him really break out last year you know it's been really fun now after watching that terrible performance against Tulsa last week (laughs) um, I don't think and and Matt and I discussed this like that was not all just because Sanders went out their quarterback went out early that offensive line is bad yeah like it could be a huge problem and um, man I don't know I don't know if it's going to affect him he is a type of running back that can overcome that like we saw Cam Akers do that last year at Florida State but it, it does make it a lot more difficult. I, I do wonder if it uh, could affect his draft capital if he's not given any lanes to run and he's having to create it all on his own. So um, I really like the talent. I think he will be very good in the NFL. I am worried about him getting just obliterated this year behind that <laughs> offensive line, though.
2: Yeah, that, that is a huge worry. He was hit on like two-thirds of his carries at or behind the line of scrimmage last week. They're replacing like all five offensive line, I think now, when you compare them with their starters from a year ago. So just insane turnover. But yeah, there are greater problems than Spencer Sanders missing time. But he was he still saw like, what, 29, 20? 20, yeah, I think 29, 30 touches. So he's going to be called upon to carry that offense regardless of who is playing quarterback for them. Really like the pick, Matt. You, you liked him dating back to his days, you know, as a true freshman. I, I liked him too. I think we all should have been higher on him if he d- didn't play in Canada in high school. We probably all would be higher on him, right? He averaged like f- fifteen yards per carry or something crazy his final season. You know, he's he's like a Canadian track athlete. You know, been wanting to get into the Olympics. Like he's legit ridiculous fast. Like Matt, what brought you? to being pumped for Juba so early.
3: I I have to take a half step back and say it wasn't his freshman year that I was in on him. It was the spring game before his sophomore season that I was in on him Um, because (laughs) I I, I have to hold myself accountable. I wasn't that early. I remember seeing Debbie Warehouse. I I mean, I'm sure people follow him on Twitter, but Debbie Warehouse constantly tweets out a lot of like, video clips from a lot of people and he put out this one clip from him in the spring game and I just remember seeing him and going that guy's special um in in one of their it was I think it was just like a wheel route or something that he took 40 50 yards for a touchdown I was like that guy's special and I started going in and looking at a little more clips from that point and saying okay Justice Hill's really good and seems to be getting all the volume but I'm not sure he's the best running back and then he got hurt for a little bit and they started using Hubbard and it became abundantly clear that Hubbard was going to be special I mean I'm high on Hubbard I mean I think your concerns are a little bit right. He's also the type of guy to me that if things start to go a little bit sour, I wouldn't be shocked if he was like a mid-season opt-out. If that team loses a game that they shouldn't, like if they drop a game after starting 2-0 and and they're only like 2-1 and and their playoff hopes are gone, I would not be shocked to see him opt out and just go start preparing for the draft. So I will say if that line doesn't get better and they continue to look terrible, I don't know if it'll hurt him that much because his profile was built last year off a 2,000-yard season.
2: I think it's pretty safe uh, regardless of what happens. It would be weird. It might be a bad look if he does opt out. But hopefully that isn't the case, and hopefully... It looks a little bit cleaner than it did against Tulsa down the stretch, but can't knock the pick. I really like Chuba Hubbard quite a bit. So Matt, pick eight. Who you got?
3: So I'm going to take a guy that viz hates. Uh, I'm taking Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell has the worst production profile of all of the Alabama receivers. And um, I don't care. He is the one that I want to see <laughs> with the ball in his hands. So the things that I, while his, his production profile as a whole isn't really all that special, his, his best season of market share is only 17%. His best dominator's 15%. But the things that I do like is he does have ridiculous speed, even though it isn't a an official time. Uh, he was clocked at the uh, Under Armour Houston camp as a high schooler with a four three seven forty. So let's just say that's a little bit wrong. Someone was uh, too quick on the click and he had a four or four, whatever. I'm fine with it. And he's heavily utilized in the punt return game. Last year, he had 20 returns for 487 yards. So 24 yards per return. He's returned one kick for a touchdown and two punt returns for a touchdown in his career. So I don't care. He's like, I don't care that he isn't utilized enough. Because he's special, and I think he has that type of open field ability that is too good to ignore. I know I'm doing all of my analytics, guys. Like I'm making them all hate my <laughs> hate me right now, but I I don't care. Jalen Waddles the, has the highest upside.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the argument uh, for about nine months now uh, with Jalen Waddell is that it, I don't care what the numbers say and uh, you know maybe he doesn't go off cra- like crazy. I think he's going to fix his profile this year, uh, mm-hmm. but he's not going to have the early breakout age. That's okay. You, you had like three other first-round picks on your team you had to fight through. I buy it with, with uh, Jalen Waddell. I don't buy it with very many players, but I do – with Waddle. I I think I would prefer my next pick over Waddle. You really can't knock it. the headline
3: of my article this week, so I I don't disagree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But any word from you, uh, Stefan, on on Waddle before I pick his teammate?
3: No, go for it. I
1: mean, I think he said it already. There's so many. I mean, I I get concerned with a guy like him if he becomes like a gadget player in the NFL where he's like a a one trick pony. That would be my only concern. But I think he is talented enough and he'll have significant draft capital that. Probably won't happen, but that would be my only concern.
2: Yeah, I think he he's just going to he's going to get the draft capital. And I think that's going to smooth out a lot of questions, and it did so with Rugs. So I think he's going to be you know late first round uh, draft pick in most leagues next spring. But uh, I'm going to go and pick his teammate uh, before his teammate goes. Devonte Smith outproduced Jalen Waddell, outproduced Henry Ruggs, outproduced Jerry Judy this past year. Most of it was just the old Miss game, to be honest, but he did absolutely blow up for basically the entire year, and will have the best production profile of any Alabama wide receiver since Amari Cooper. So, Devontae Smith is the real deal. I mean, there have been some real NFL analysts that have said, hey, he's just a more polished Jerry Judy, I, which that's, that's a little much, maybe, for some, <laughs> but I think that devontae smith has that kind of upside i think it is strange that he chose to return for one more season rather than going to the nfl draft i think he would have been a first round nfl pick this year but i think he has an opportunity now to just say hey i don't care it doesn't matter who the quarterback is if he succeeds with Mac jones or bryce young and absolutely blows it out of the water with an even larger market share this year uh, i think there are going to be again Uh, He's going to be one of those players that there are just zero questions about. And so I think NFL decision makers are going to be like, "Mm, yep, Chase is off the board. "Uh, I'm going Smith. Next pick. I don't care. Somebody's going to trade up and and he's going to be a a top half of the first round capital kind of guy next year. I think Waddle could also be a first rounder, but I think, you know, I think Smith is actually going to be the guy with higher draft capital investment from NFL decision makers just because there's. There are less questions uh, within his profile, and in this day and age of analytics actually meaning something to NFL decision makers, I think that's going to finally actually matter. Uh, but what are your thoughts on on Smith? And it, I've heard some people that have questions about his ceiling. Uh, do, do you guys have issues with you know him even perhaps not being able to take over an NFL offense as their true alpha?
3: I mean, I think that Ole Miss <laughs> game last year was the was the sign that yeah. Devonta Smith is very capable of being a cheat code, so I am very high on him. I ha- think I do actually own a couple of shares of him in Debbie Leagues. He's he's a guy that I think is kind of undervalued just because of the fact that he returned. I mean, we forget against LSU, who, who does have really good defensive backs. He had 213 yards and two touchdowns on seven <laughs> receptions. Just I- torched him. Yeah, Devonta Smith is is a is a star. Anyone who says he's a better Judy, I think that they're probably using hyperbole there. But I would say he has plenty of ceiling, and if he's going to have the draft capital to go along with it, all systems go.
2: Absolutely. Uh, any word from you, Stefan, before you uh, you're up at pick ten?
1: Well, I think this is uh, this is something that we've talked about quite a bit on the show too. Is just like the whole Dominator rating is can be a great way of looking at players, but when you have teams like Alabama or. Clemson or LSU that have a lot of really really great State receivers is, <laughs> it's really hey, hard yeah. Oregon <laughs> and Ohio State it's really difficult to uh to really get a good read on what that means because all of these guys are elite athletes and amazing receivers it's easy to be like well was he even the best wide receiver on his team it, it's you know, it's, it's easy to have those, those questions. But I think when he gets to the NFL, like as crazy as it sounds like he might be the best wide receiver on that team, you know, like right off the bat, like he is, he's very good. Um, I, I think it's a great pick, especially like, like you said, like getting him this late in the draft, like when he's going to have good draft capital, uh, I think is a, is a slam dunk. Well,
3: i like
2: to hear it. Appreciate you guys agreeing with me. <laughs> Moving on to a uh, pick at pick 10, who you
1: got? Well, I, have, I don't like this one. So, so far I've loved the, this draft. Like, I think it's gone really well. And like to, to your point earlier, you've said like, this is so deep. So this is where like, I, I don't love the next guy on my board, um, even though the numbers suggest that maybe I should, but we're going like back to back to back Alabama right here. So I'm going with Najee Harris. And and one of my biggest reasons I, I'm not a huge fan is um, like, he's he's almost 23 years old. He had over 200, carries last year he's gonna have another year of tons of carries I know that that's kind of one of those those narratives that that Alabama running backs get I did just pick him so I should probably not just say about negatives on him
3: he, he was great <laughs> career 6.1 yards yeah. per carry 13 touchdowns <laughs> last year 27 receptions let's let's yeah. spin to the positives here <laughs> right
1: right and, and, and again similar to Chuba I think uh, even with, with Najee being um, as big as he is, 6'2", 230, um, a lot of people don't think of him as someone who can help you in the passing game. But he averaged more than two receptions a game. He had 300 yards on the ground, and he, and he had seven touchdowns. Now, a lot of that, I think, is you know Alabama's scheme. But it shows that he's able to participate in that part of the offense. And that is important to me. I mean, I don't know if you guys play in many standard scoring leagues anymore. Everything I'm in is either half-point PPR or full PPR or you're getting bonuses for first downs and stuff like that. So having a a running back that can help you in the passing game, I think is essential. And and he does that. So um, that's why I'm going with him here. I was trying to find a, a receiver to go with just because... The age does scare me a little bit, but I do think that uh, Harris will have an opportunity to produce early on, and he should be an asset to fantasy teams.
2: Yeah, I think there are a lot of things to spend w- w- just positive with him. And it, it turns out, you know, basically you you go to Alabama, you have a decent star rating, you just kind of show up, you carry the ball a few times, and you're a day two draft pick at the min- very minimal. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like it's So I think there are not going to be any questions about what NFL teams think about him if he gets inside round two or three. I don't think he's going to be an easy slam dunk first round NFL draft pick. I think he could be, you know, a round two guy, but that's okay. Like, like that's what four out of the top five running backs that we were all pumped about this year were. So he's going to answer questions even more so with his receiving profile this year with the couple guys leaving. And he did so last year, had his seven touchdowns. And so I think if he grinds out some more, you know, tough yardage, uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't have like three free yards per carry this, this year. Um, who, who knows? Maybe they just do that again but i think there are going to be very very few questions about Najee harris but i think it's time for matt to make the pick that he's been waiting to make all draft long and pick 11 matt you are on the clock
3: i now that you guys wrote it in for me uh (laughs) it would be rude if i didn't pick chris alave um so chris alave is my the guy i've planted the flag on this year he is the guy that i'm i sign off our podcast every week with by chris alave Um, I still think he's undervalued. He's the number one receiver on the best offense in the country. Whenever they play, they will be the best offense in the country. And I say that he still might not be the most talented receiver on the team, but he is the guy that is going to get a potentially ridiculous dominator rating. He had 12 touchdowns on 49 receptions last year. Um, (laughs) That's absurd. It is Um, averaged over 17 yards per carry was was very clearly the team's deep threat option last year, even though. Um, Benjamin Victor and Austin Max sometimes were in that role when it was kind of a critical play. They were looking for a lobby deep and he has not had the true 30% dominator that we love. He's going to get there this year. I'm pretty sure because of the exit of KJ Hill, a 25% dominator. Isn't something I'm going to like scoff at as Stefan brought up earlier. We've talked about like how you have to kind of have some nuance when you have these loaded offenses because the rich keep getting richer. And unfortunately that really applies to wide receiver rooms, which are way too loaded than they ever should be. But little bit of nuance so I don't necessarily think that the .30 is required as long as you're still putting up consistent usage and in a year when KJ Hill looked like he was going to be the guy that was the volume hog and was the leader of the offense the guy that developed very clearly the best relationship with the quarterback and became his go-to guy in the big moments was Chris Olave, and that's going to continue this year and that's why I'm so happy that the Big Ten is back because I don't have to drop him in my rankings <laughs> There you go. You were yeah. never gonna drop him. In I, I did. He <laughs> dropped down. I think I had Tamori on Terry above him for like seven minutes.
1: Oh, seven I will minutes. never let you live that down.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The ACC was playing. He wasn't. Then I flipped him.
1: No,
2: I know. I, Plus, I, I can't knock Alave. Fantasy
3: football is fun. Fantasy football is about having fun and having players on the team that you like. Chris olave is my favorite player in college football this year, and that is why he will be on every one of my rosters that i can get him
2: well that's that's super surprising to me but uh (laughs) with you being an ohio state fan and you know signing off with bio Olave all the time but uh uh, I like, like that value still. I think he is going to be that, uh, that guy that is in that fringe round one, round two place, regardless of what happens this fall. Uh, even if he goes off and gets like a 40% dominator, I think uh, unless he gets mid first round uh, capital and something changes with where he gets selected in the NFL draft, I think he's probably going to be in this range. So I don't think that was really a, a home or reach here. Uh, Either, but to round out the end of the first round of the uh, 2021 NFL Draft rookie big board 1.0, I'm actually going to go with if he does go to the NFL Draft, I'm going to go with Trey Lance because in Superflex and two quarterback leagues, there's always that third quarterback, at least if if not more, that ends up being a first round pick. Uh, and Trey Lance, I think that NFL decision makers are already talking about, well, yes, he played in FCS, but he did throw 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions. And it looks like he's just a freak of nature. And so it, it, he is basically going to be, if he does go uh, after this season, he's going to be in unprecedented territory as far as the prospect goes. I mean, coming out after essentially one full season of fcs football uh going in maybe one other game uh and then going to the pros it would be really i mean we, we will have never seen anything like that before but i think trey lance is if he does decide to go he's going to be a first round nfl draft pick because all the other quarterbacks in college football that are eligible this year are just not good enough Uh, outside of Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. There are a bunch of guys that might be in the day two discussion, but there's just nobody else that really deserves first round draft capital consideration. Even some of the guys who have opted out already early, Trey Lance is going to be that third option. So for me, he would sneak into the first round of my rookie drafts. You guys have any thoughts on Lance and just how un- unprecedented and crazy it would be if he does decide to declare for the draft.
1: Um, I was just say it is crazy. I was kind of expecting to see him try to transfer or something like that. Honestly, the fact that he didn't was mind boggling. And man, like you said, it would just be unbelievable if he decided to to just go for it in the NFL next year. But I think you're right that he'll have draft capital and he'll probably have an opportunity to uh, to start playing as a rookie at some point during the year. So. He is one of these guys, though, that uh, really took like a, he's like a helium balloon that just took off all of a sudden where no one was talking about him. And all of a sudden he was everyone's like third favorite quarterback. So yeah. I'm still a little bit skeptical. But that being said, I do have a couple of shares in Depi. So I'm I'm bought in enough that I've uh, I've acquired him. So <laughs>
2: awesome. Invested. You want to see it? I, I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fun to be had with betting lines on which pick he goes if he does declare uh, that could that could move way high. I'm, I, I'd be surprised. I'd be curious to where that would actually even start. Uh, But that is the first round in total. I will recap here. And then we're going to do a special lightning round just quickly to wrap things up for round two and names to watch that could rise up into the first round discussion, or at least should be early NFL draft picks next year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, Chuba Hubbard, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Chris Olave. And Trey Lance, that is the 2021 NFL Draft Rookie Big Board 1.0. Lightning round, one sentence on these guys, why you believe they're going to rise up into the first round or be early NFL draft picks next spring, same order. So to you, Stefan.
1: Give me the senior running back for Mississippi State, Kylan Hill. I love the guy. I think he's going to have a really great year. I think he's going to add to his receiving profile with Leach being there. He um, is, even though he's a senior, he's still pretty young. Um, I'm really excited for him uh, to make the next step. He is the the next running back on my big board. So I'm going to go with Kylan Hill.
2: Awesome. So over to you, Matt.
3: I'm going to go Seth Williams uh, for a wide receiver out of Auburn. He had a 25% dominator as a freshman and then 37 last year. I think he is the number one on that offense and should put up another slight progression this year. So big fan of him. Think that he could have real draft capital.
2: Awesome. I'm going to go with uh, a running back back in that direction. And really, this is all dependent on this year and what happens, uh, because Journey Brown, Penn State is going to kill the combine. He's going to be everyone's darling. If he gets day two draft capital, he's going to be that guy that that rises up quickly, regardless of you know how dominant he, he is this year. And what he did in a five-game sample last year down the stretch was just ridiculous. So I hope he gets the keys to the offense and absolutely dominate and dominates. You know, a la you know late career Miles Sanders for Penn State and just has one big year that puts him into top running back conversations. I think he's probably right around the you know beginning of round three or early round two draft capital range. That's probably where he's going to be next spring. But Journey Brown, Penn State, that's my guy with the, the 2.03 here. Uh, for rookie drafts, back to you, Stefan.
1: Yeah, so this one is maybe a bit off the wall here, but give me Brevin Jordan, tight end for the University of Miami. I love him. I mean, what a incredible athlete! But he has the receiving profile that he can be productive right away. Um, I think he's going to be a smash hit in the NFL. I I like lo- I love Brevin. Give me a give me all the Jordan.
2: Awesome like to hear it. And and you like Miami too. So that makes sense. So, (laughs) (laughs) but back to you, Matt here, who's your pick at uh, the 2.05. Can someone
3: explain to me how I'm getting Tylan Wallace here? Um, Tylan Wallace should have gone out last year. He would have been a first round pick in last, in the 2020 rookie drafts. He's going to be a he, he will be a fringe first round NFL draft pick and will probably actually get drafted where I took Chris Olave.
2: <laughs> After all, all this, that, that might be true. Tyler Wallace was, I mean, it, when we're talking about players with really solid production profiles, he's way up there. So can't knock you for that pick. I'm actually going to go back to tight end. I was thinking about going tight end even with my first pick. Uh, Brevin Jordan went already. Kyle Pitts from Florida is going to be my pick right here. Really love uh, what he brings to the table. You know, 6'6", 240 pounds. He can line up and block he can line up as a slot receiver he he's actually been even like in an, in an x wide receiver position for florida and he's been all over the field for them he he looks like the perfect modern he and brevin jordan both look like the perfect modern nfl tight ends uh and even you know another guy that might get picked here in the lightning round but Pitts is going to be the guy that just eats all the targets for florida and by the time you guys listen to this he he's probably already caught you know six catches for 120 yards in his first game this year but uh back to you stefan
1: so, we've already made fun of him once today, but regardless of that, I'm going with Tamari and Terry. I do think he can be special. Shucks. Dude, six foot five. He can fly down the field. He's having a little bit of trouble catching the ball right now, but I mean, the dude is insane. Uh, we've talked about him on this show, we've talked about him on our show. I really like Terry a lot. I think he will crush the combine. I expect him to turn his season around pretty quick here. It's, it's still early. Um, I don't want to put too much into those. Those couple of games. So uh, Terry
3: for me right now.
2: Back to you, Matt.
3: So I'm going with one of my guys, uh, another guy I've kind of planted a flag in. I'm on Ross St. Brown, 25% or 22 dominator uh, rating as a freshman, 20 as a sophomore. Without Michael Pittman there, I think he's going to get a lot more talk, a lot more targets. And I do think that he is going to at least have the market share numbers that we're looking for in this type of shortened year, just because of that familiarity with the quarterback.
2: Awesome. I like it. And he he was somebody who really came on strong late last year and now looks to be the alpha for that offense with really a top five quarterback in all of college football. So can't knock that at all. I'm actually going to stay at tight end. And it's really weird because I don't always like going tight ends early uh, in, in rookie drafts. But I think you know, all three, Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan, and Pat Fryermuth, who is my pick here at the 2.09 in the the lightning round here. uh, I think they're all going to be borderline first round NFL draft picks next year. We've kind of had a a really awful group of of tight ends this year. Almost nobody worth considering super early. And now we're going to have three first rounders back to kind of what we had just a few years ago with Njoku, Howard, uh, and Evan Ingram. So Pat Pat, Fryermuth, Penn State, and uh, again, I'm not a Penn State, Fan, I went to Purdue, but apparently, you know, I, I've got Journey Brown and Pat Fryermuth in this draft, so uh, I guess I like him more than I, I know. But uh, last round of picks here 2.10. Stay fine, who you got?
1: I'll go with Terrence Marshall, another guy that we've chatted about, someone who's moved up my board significantly. He is a wide receiver for LSU, 6'3, 200 pounds. He had a great year last year, 13 touchdowns on on 46 receptions. I think he's going to build off of that resume. Now, he is only a junior uh, this year, so we'll see if he actually does come out. So I don't know if that's cheating or not. I'm (laughs) hoping and anticipating that, uh, that he does. So
3: Terrace Marshall for me. That's cheating. Half of them, half of my picks are juniors.
1: I, it, yeah. it is making some assumptions. And after what happened with ATN and Hubbard last year, I just feel a little bit burned.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, that could happen with half these guys we're even talking about still. So, yeah, that we got to kind of we, we got to take that into account. But back to you, Matt, for your final pick
3: pulling from a list of three names i'm gonna go with the one that i think is the most fun to watch play football and that's tutu atwell oh, um, man you, really I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah he's he's a guy that i've tweeted about several times saying that everyone is too low on him he's a dude who just dominated the usage rates last year he's tiny he might be three foot two and might a 100 pounds but i don't care he had a 39 dominator rating last year and had 12 touchdowns. I love watching him play football. He's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, that was actually going to be my pick here, so I am super bitter about it, but uh <laughs> I, I'll get over it eventually. Uh but yeah, Tutu Atwell, I, I love him and he, he's off to a fast start this year, super high market share, solid quarterback, good receivers around him. That offense is going to have to put up a bunch of bunch of numbers to even stay in games. So uh Tutu Atwell, can't can't knock. You know, I'm I'm actually surprised that uh, you let this guy drop here, Stefan. I thought you wanted to talk about him, and maybe I will let, let you do that now, but I'm actually all aboard the Cameron Harris train for Miami. Uh, I think he could be a name that really sneaks up there, uh, and that may be surprising to some, but he was already kind of sharing, splitting carries last year, almost starting for Miami last year. This year, he's off to a ridiculous pace, has hundred, exactly 134 rushing yards uh, in each of his first two games this year. Uh, and if he continues on that track, uh, and really, Rhett Lashley is going to keep feeding the feature back for Miami all season long. Harris could be a guy that works up into the conversation as a late second round rookie draft pick next year. But so any words from you, Stefan, on, on Cameron before we sign off?
1: Definitely uh, one of the guys I was looking at, mainly because like my Seattle Sox have drafted a a Miami hurricane running back back to back years. So I can only assume he's going to take over for Chris Carson next year. (laughs) So he looks good. Again, he's another guy that can be involved in in every aspect of the game. He's super explosive. I I love Harris. I think he's going to be really good.
2: Nice, Matt, just because you made a face when I made that selection, what do you have to say?
3: (laughs) Gainwell. Oh my goodness. How like I almost did. Kenneth Gainwell is better than Cameron Harris. Hey, I almost did every facet. Give me Kenneth Gainwell in that spot. Yeah, no, or, I or take the super red flag guy and just take Justin Ross and hope that his neck works. Yeah, Yeah.
2: <laughs> actually, all those guys were up there. I just want to talk about Cameron Harris because of what he's been able to do first two weeks this year. Kenneth Gainwell opts out. Maybe he can gain some weight. Uh, maybe he can gain more uh, or gain well. Wait, uh, that, that was a horrible joke, but anyway, Kenneth Gainwell obviously 51 catches last year for Memphis. Memphis backs have been racking up the yards, he had like what 1500 plus rushing yards. I mean, ridiculous season. Uh I would love to see, you know, where he actually gets drafted. I think that's my question. If is he just another Justice Hill by the NFL standards because of his weight. That's that's really the only concern because he's got the perfect receiving back profile. He's got the perfect, you know, burst on the outside kind of versus inside running ability. He can do it all. But uh yeah, I think Cameron Harris, what he's been doing, help his stock right now. I think he's he's up there. And it would really have helped Gainwell to have come back and had one more stellar season. I, I get the name. And that you drop in there.
1: And Lashley, you mentioning Lashley, I think that him coming over as their new offensive coordinator makes a huge huge difference as well. Like, I think he's going to really help Cameron this year.
2: Absolutely. I think because, I mean, he loves to feed the feature. He's going to keep doing it. And I think by the end of this season against a pretty weaker-ish ACC schedule, Harris is going to have a ridiculous profile uh, after this season. So I'm just kind of projecting what I believe will be to come but I really appreciate you guys hopping on do doing this uh draft uh first round and a lightning round for the 2021 NFL draft rookie big board 1.0 but uh, yeah. listeners please do leave a rate and review it helps the show and definitely just leave a question in your review and we'll get that on the show here soon uh, but uh, Matt Stefan, any anything else you want to plug before we sign off you can listen
1: to us over at uh road of college football fantasy podcast um, that comes out On that feed on Thursdays, it hits the Road of His main feed on Friday. uh, So you can listen to us there. And of course, read
3: all of Matt's stuff if you want to make (laughs) some money. And there's absolutely no Homerism on that podcast. I never, ever talk about Ohio State. So, (laughs) ever. um, Ever. I have (laughs) lies. (laughs) <laughs> definitely
2: give that a, a listen. It is also on road radio. You can check out the college to Canton feed independently or over at road radio where you can find their show. But again, thanks for listening. Everyone hope you're enjoying power five football being back and the NFL being back together. We, we didn't even know that it was going to happen, but we're so, so pumped. It's all back together. I hope you guys enjoyed the first sec football weekend too, but uh, I look forward to you all joining me soon for many more episodes of the college to Canton podcast. Whoa. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra miles to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day every day. Head to Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
4: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters.